If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome to Hour 2 of State of the Nation on today's News Talk. Hour 1, as always, flew by. I'm Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. And there he is, Brian McLean, a.k.a. Hesher. He's in Central Texas. Uh, well, uh, Hesher, Hour 1 went by uh, in the blink of an eye. So. It sure did, yeah. And uh, man, I don't know that story about the the landlines in California. I'm still thinking about that. I'm still thinking about all those people that are going to lose their service. Probably, I don't like not having any sort of solution to that. You know, I was thinking, and I knew we were running out of time there, but this sounds like a business opportunity for someone. Surely, someone can come up with a way of 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 of, of some kind of a patch uh, or something to fix this, but. We're going to follow up with you on that as uh, as it goes down, because I would imagine uh, that as these people do start losing their uh, way, their uh, any effective means of communication or staying up with up what's online, then we're going to probably hear about it a little bit more. It just hasn't affected enough people. But isn't that always the way? We've got to wait for the disaster before somebody proposes a fix. Um, yeah, and, but, and disturbing uh, that government has to be involved that it's such a big disaster that a, a medium to large size corporation can't even come in and say hey let's fix these lines let's you know update the fees on them and provide a good service you know it's disturbing to think that we need to rely on government to come and fix yeah. that communication downfall yeah well don't you know government wants to be ubiquitous that's what they exist for uh and this is an opportunity for them to exert that uh, speaking of ubiquitous government and overreaching tyrannical authoritarianism, New York Attorney General Letitia James, that pitiful woman, is now threatening to seize Trump's building uh, uh, buildings if he doesn't have enough money to pay. Now, you'll recall, Hesh, the other day uh, we were speaking on this, and I, I'm trying to remember the the guest we had on. Uh, you know, I think it was Peter Roth. And we were saying that well, I know he's got to come up with some cash in order to, to to appeal this. And we didn't know exactly how much it was. Well, as it turns out, it's pretty much the full freight. Uh, he's got to basically put up almost a half a billion dollars. And he's only got about a week to do it. Now, even a billionaire has enough uh, is going to have a tough time ha having that much liquidity uh, to put that kind of money up. But here you go. Uh, it, this is what Letitia James said to ABC News. If he does not have funds to pay off the judgment, then we will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. We are prepared to make sure that the judgment is paid to New Yorkers. And yes, I look at 40 Wall Street each and every day. Financial frauds are not victimless crimes. He engaged in this massive amount of fraud. It wasn't a simple mistake. Blah, blah, blah. Tyrannical uh, BS from her. What she's effectively doing is putting on her Hugo Chavez hat and saying, I have decided that I'm going to take that building, 40 Wall Street. That would be Trump Tower she's talking about. The, 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 these politicians drive me nuts. Letitia James drives me nuts, but the people that really make me crazy are the ones that cheer this idiocy on because going after Trump, the way they're going after him, love him or loathe him. 
If they can do it to a former president, not only can they do it to you, but they will do it to you. And Letitia James is just a flat out authoritarian bully. And God, I, I'm this, this story makes me so angry. And again, I don't give a damn what your thoughts on Trump are. But this is just absurd. They're talking about saying, if you don't come up with a half a billion dollars, we're going to start just, you know, taking stuff. What do you think about that, Hesh? This is banana republic behavior, you know. Um, I, I come from a family that's had to uh, go through eminent domain seizure. So to me, it uh, it really smacks uh, personal, you know, when the a government or a government entity, in this case, I suppose a state entity, is looking to seize property uh, from someone. You know, it's, it's. Uh, I don't even know what to say, Steve. It, it, how did we even get here? Why is this even happening? You know, where where is the justice system? Uh, how do we recover from this? Is this a nosedive? Or is it, we're just gonna have government going around saying, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that, you know, I didn't like your tweets, I didn't like the way you did your taxes, don't like the way you did this, Uh, we're going to take that, you know. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm personally offended by it, to be quite honest. Well, you'll recall, yeah, we mentioned it off air, but I mean, I remember uh, Hugo Chavez shortly after he took power in Venezuela and turned it into a steaming pile of dung. Uh, he was giving a speech on the streets. It could have been Caracas or Buenos Aires. I don't know where he was. Uh, not Buenos Aires, uh, in Caracas, in Venezuela. And 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 he just looks at a building and he goes, I have just now decided as I'm standing here that that building is now state property. Well, that's how Marxists rule. That's how, that's how tyrants rule. And that is effectively what Letitia James is saying. Kevin O'Leary, of course, Mr. Wonderful, came out and said, businesses are now going to take a very hard look at New York and determine whether it's even worth it to do money, uh, to do business uh, in New York City uh, after this ruling. And I think that this is going to have a trickle-down effect that Letitia James uh, and Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul are going to rue the day uh, that they went after Trump like this just on some personal vendetta, and that's what it feels like, a personal vendetta unbelievable unbelievable hey listen do you have an upcoming community event maybe a rally a march festival or a fundraiser you want some help with public uh, you know publicity wise well tnt wants to help you do that we want to help you promote it simply visit the what's on events calendar at the tnt website submit your event details and we'll get the word out for you helping you make a difference on today's news talk tnt Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Welcome back to State of the Nation. We're so happy to welcome back to the show Dustin Olson. Of course, Dustin with Olson Strategies. He's a pollster, American Pulse Research and Polling. He's also the host of Political Trade Secrets Podcast. And we welcome you back to the show, Dustin. It's good to see you. How are you, man? I'm doing great, and it's great to see you guys. There's a lot to talk about in politics today and then in polling and big stuff coming up. Yeah. yeah, big stuff coming up. We got the South Carolina coming up here very, very soon. Uh, I, I just was looking before we came on the air at the uh, latest Monmouth poll. Boy, it doesn't look good for Joe, does it? Uh, his numbers are cratering, and it really doesn't matter what demographic you look at. His numbers mm-hmm. are cratering, Dustin. Um, what is your research? saying 
Well, yes, it's uh, well, part of it is I think we may have talked about this last time that every time I, I look at a poll, like I've, I have a couple of you know, private um, polls that we just uh, got out of the field with in the last day for clients and in the border, the economy really are the two issues and they are terrible for Joe Biden. And they are things that have constant reminders for the American people. If you live in a big blue city, you get to see the migrant crisis. I was in Denver like a month ago, and we were driving by one of the intersections, and there was there was a bus that was dropping off about, I don't know, 50, 60 people, um, migrants going into a hotel. Actually, the hotel I stayed at in, uh, in Denver was sold it was a nice hotel. It was sold to the city and they turned it into a migrant uh, community. There's a shooting like within a week or so of it being handed over within the last month. Um, it's already uh, been uh, demolished pretty much. Anyway, it's just you're constantly reminded you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, you're just reminded constantly. So I don't know how they can do it. You can't, there's not enough propaganda you can, you can shove on people to be able to change their opinions of some of these things. Uh, yeah, we flagged up uh, an article yesterday out of San Diego. They were talking about a uh, you know state fund that's going to run out, and this NGO is no, no longer going to have buckets of cash to you know move migrants around from point A to point B to hand them new cell phones, you know bottles of water. I don't know whatever, whatever they're doing, but we were, we were talking about it, and it's just like look at this like what happens when the cash runs dry i mean do we think this is just going to be like an ongoing cash cow because san diego is basically having to go to the federal government and say hey uh we need millions of dollars right now or all of a sudden these people that are currently being supported uh, are not going to be anymore yeah you know it's interesting it's something that probably worth us putting in one of our polls when we when we did our the last time we were, I was on, we talked about some of our national security polling on the border and uh, something that it's really clear in the border security bill that was you know that went nowhere in the last few weeks. A lot of that money was actually for processing illegal immigration illegal immigrants, then also for bailing out blue cities. And I have a feeling that Americans don't like the idea of spending money on on that, but it's worth us testing it because that's kind of what uh, the Democrats answer to border security is and to immigration is we're going to bail out big cities with uh, with taxpayer money in order to um, fix what really can't be fixed that way. You have to start, stop it at the source. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, and this is the thing that's so infuriating uh, with some of the media coverage we see on this issue, because mm -hmm. I, I was watching, yeah, and, and, and believe me, I don't recommend this for anyone's mental health, but I was watching CNN the other day and uh, they were reporting this as, well, Republicans had a chance to fix this and they say <laughs> they want it fixed, but they really don't. They're taking their orders from Trump. They want this as an election issue. And they walked away from this bill. This bill would have allowed 5,000 immigrants in every single day with no recourse. And it would have done nothing to secure the border. And all of that money would have gone to what you're just talking about processing. Mm -hmm. People yep. don't want processing. They want them processed the hell out of the country. I was watching earlier today, a city council uh, meeting in, uh, I think Fox News did a hit on this, a city council meeting open to the public in Chicago this morning. And man, those residents were fit to be tied. They're mm -hmm. saying they are destroying this community. They have ruined our city. They, I mean, they were really PO'd. And by the way, 
Most of them were black because those are the ones that are taking it on the chin. Those are the one, those are the people that live in the inner city that are being bombarded with new residents every day. One lady got up and said, we know why there's so much crime. Uh, she goes, we've got our own crime problem, but now all of these people, a lot of these people have been dumped out of prisons from South and Central America and they're flown to our shores. And her exact words were, they're getting rid of their dregs of society and sending them to us. That's pretty powerful when you hear a woman from urban USA spilling her guts like that to a city council. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Every time I turn on the TV and I see the migrant crisis in New York City, I heard you guys talking about kind of the the lawfare and and the judgments against Trump and just how you know unjust all that is. Um, so I understand if people want to boycott New York City. However, if you do go to New York City, my favorite pizza place is a place called Uncle Paul's, and it's actually in the uh, basement of what used to be the Roosevelt Hotel, which is the big luxury hotel that they've they've purchased and they have migrants there that I actually, I imagine next time I'm, I'm in New York, it would be very likely that uncle Paul's is no longer going to be there because just the, 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 the amount of people who are there, it's always in the background. You see all the people milling about outside the hotel and they're all hanging outside the, the business, which, you know, that's going to shudder if they keep having that. Uh, yeah. It's basically, it appears to be a no go zone. You know, I recall, some years ago, uh, when we were doing reporting on um, European migration, mass migration, uh, there was a lot of uh, talk about, you know, no go zones and, you know, people trying to figure out like, what does that actually mean, you know, and sometimes they were overhyped, but other times, you know, it really does look like, you know, people are trying to get, you know, off work and get home before the sun goes down. And that's what we're hearing from people in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles. I mean, all over the nation, basically. It's like, you know, I'm not on the subway. Uh, if mm -hmm. I am on the subway, my head's on a swivel, um, you know, and I'm getting home. I want to get home before it gets dark because it changes real quick out here. And, you know, our inner cities have always had their shady elements and certain places you don't want to go. But now people are starting to say, you know what, I'm just not going to go to the city unless I absolutely have to. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the South Carolina primary. It's here in a couple of days. Yeah, yes, definitely. Give us some details. Well, so uh, it's interesting. We do actually surveys for both parties in the state. And so we've been in the state quite a bit. Um, our surveys show that it's it's kind of lopsided. The Real Clear Politics average of polls has uh, Trump at 62% uh, and Haley at 37%, uh, which is interesting. I think that's an indication that there's um, some possible funny business. Uh, James Clyburn, who folks know, has a very, uh, I would say, powerful political machine. Uh, many years ago, I, I managed a campaign there and, and saw the uh, impact of his uh, his political machine. And he's delivered a lot of votes for, for Joe Biden over the years. But, you know, they had the South Carolina Democratic primary a few weeks ago, which actually had very low turnout, which is important because in that state, if you don't vote in uh, one party's 
primary, you can vote in the other ones. So there are a lot of Democrats who are actually available to participate in the Republican primary this week. And there's uh, there's paid efforts to try to engage them. So it's, it's my take that that's not going to make much of a difference, but it could possibly get Haley over 40%. If she doesn't hit 40%, then that means that they really weren't able to engage people and get them to, to show up for her. But right now, the Republican primary in the state has twice as many people participating in it than did for Joe Biden's primary a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's a it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion. She's I think she's going to get less support than she did in uh, New Hampshire for Nikki Haley. But uh, we're going to be going into the Super Tuesday states here um, in two weeks from yesterday. And it takes a lot of money. And in those states, uh, Donald Trump is generally more popular. Also, those states, there's a lot more closed primaries than uh, the, these early states. So there's less opportunity for hijinks and trying to engage things. So anyway, that's that's my general take on where we are currently. I'm not quite sure why Nikki Haley's still in the race. Um, one of the things we've seen since last fall is that her unfavorable numbers, we track you know whether someone's liked or disliked. And overall, she has... Uh, um, more people who dislike her than like her. And I don't know how you think you can get to the nomination with adding more and more people within your party who don't like you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, at Dustin Olson on X.com. That's where you follow him. And of course, OlsonStrategies.com. Uh, Dustin, thank you for rejoining us today. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And we'll have to get you back on the air with us as we approach Super Tuesday, because I'm sure you're going to be very busy and we'll have a lot to talk about as the process unfolds here. Who knows? Maybe by then we can start uh, talking about what's going to happen after Nikki Haley leaves the race. I'm kind of uh, <laughs> that would be wonderful. To that. Well, yeah. well, well, thank you, gentlemen, and uh, people can check us out at PollingClub.com. Appreciate you. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much, Dustin Olson, for joining us right here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. TNT's David Curtin. The noise about this is not out of any genuine concern for Navalny himself or his family. But this has been weaponized in order to bash Putin. And it seems that the media, the mainstream media and the politicians in the West, the powers that be, have got what I would call Putin derangement syndrome, which follows on after Brexit derangement syndrome and Trump derangement syndrome. Something is happening in the world that they don't like they can't control, they've lost control of the narrative, they've lost control of what they want to happen. And what they want to do by this, by bashing Putin in the mainstream media, is to prolong this terrible war in Ukraine. David Curtin on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonist. He has to answer for what he has done. 
Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London, or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this, he then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker, I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, our next guest is rejoining us here on State of the Nation. Kate Monroe is a retired United States Marine, a wife, a mother, a veteran, an activist, multi-business owner, startup specialist, published author, decorated sales trainer for multiple industries, and of course, she's running for Congress. Kate, welcome back to State of the Nation. Now, Kate, we've been tracking, you know how we are over here. We've been tracking this whole border deal, and uh, it is a bad, raw, terrible deal, but it's looking like the the uh, concentration of crossings sort of fluctuates sometimes. We've looked at the Yuma sector in Arizona, Eagle Pass here in Texas gets a lot of airtime. San Diego, however, I, I don't know. I feel like State of the Nation and, and the other places that have you on is one of the few places that really focuses on what's going on there. And there's a massive surge in the San Diego sector right now. So give us an update when it comes to what your city is experiencing. Yeah, I mean, not only are we getting a ton of migrants um, from all over the world delivered here from Texas, you know, they're coming across in Texas and getting bussed here. So we have that going on. And then we have, you know, they've shifted where they are trying to break and enter into the country. And they've found an easier pathway in here along the San Diego border. 
Um, they're basically met with border patrol that essentially babysits them until they get picked up in buses and vans, you know, to get given their cell phones, their new clothes, their lunch, you know, God forbid we not give them a little snacky, you know, before we take them to the airport to ship them God knows where. And I mean, honestly, people are coming here in Zodiac boats in La Jolla. It's not just a border issue. What it is, is a lack of repercussions for breaking and entering. It's going to continue to happen. It doesn't just happen along the border, but I actually went down to the border in Jacumba and talked to the border patrol and they literally told me all we're allowed to do is essentially babysit them. They're not allowed to really detain them, to deter them, to um, fix the fence, if you will, like it's so difficult to do. And so a lot of them are very disheartened here, but you know, if you go down there, I saw a bunch of them sitting on the side of the road. A lot of people from a lot of different countries. Everybody thinks it's just people from Mexico coming across, and it's not. It's you know Chinese um, migrants, people coming from the Middle East, people coming from Africa, lots of different nations. And every single person but two was a military age man. There was only two women in the entire bunch of sixty people. God, wow. I mean, it's you know. It, 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 we talk about this uh, in terms of politics and the optics of it. This is a human crisis what's going on here. This is yeah. absolute human trafficking. Uh, and to think that our country is the biggest proponent of it is it just makes me sick to my stomach. But that's what's going on. And you know, Kate, when we look over across to Europe, and this is why I'm starting to get very, very queasy about this. We saw the same thing happen in Europe a few years ago. It seems like it is a global plan of just flooding countries with migrants. In our case, it's Central and South Americans, Chinese, uh, people from uh, Sudanese, people from all over. In Europe, it was a lot of North Africans, a lot of folks. Uh, but, but, but my point is they're flooding the zone everywhere where there is a democratically elected government am, am i just am i just connecting dots that aren't there or does this look like a wef blueprint for total globalization here well it's you know here if you're looking just inside of the walls of our country the walls right of our country um it's for democrat supremacy they don't even care if these people um, come in and have ill will toward us. As long as in the 2030 census, they can attain uh, Democrat su supremacy by redrawing the districts. You know, I'm running for Congress, so I'm well aware of how the districting and the redistricting works. And if they get this plan accomplished, it will be Democrat supremacy. And if you look at all the blue states um, in our nation, they're suffering. I mean, look at the economy of California. One of the most beautiful states in the nation, $73 trillion in debt. Well, it's not a wonder. You know, you have a ton of migrants here, uh, illegal aliens. You have a massive homeless and drug problem. Um, there's a massive deficit here. But just extrapolate that out to every other blue state. If the whole country was blue, our country is gone. And then just globalize it. It is a planned attack. If you have eyeballs and ears, it's plain as day to see. It doesn't take that much to connect the dots. The dots yeah. have been connected for quite a long time. COVID was just the start to see if they could dominate everybody in the world. That failed. So like, you know what? If we can't dominate you this way, we're going to dominate you another way. And we're going to flood your countries and destroy your culture and rip you know, away at the fabric of your nations. That is exactly what's going on. 
Right. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a classic problem reaction solution <clears throat> on a on a global scale. This is weapons of mass migration. The whole thing is, you know, it's not like this is an accident and oopsie. We're well beyond wondering if this is just bad policy or anything like that. It's rank corruption. It's weapons of mass migration. And it is going to be used for multiple things, one of which you guys just talked about, which is redistricting. And we've seen the way that works in Los Angeles in the last year or so. And it's ugly. It's racial. It's really, really twisted. Kate, we have a headline inbound here. We're going to take it briefly. And when we come back, I want to ask you what you think about the blue cities themselves, since they're the ones that feel the pressure of all this. Maybe. Is there a chance we can do it from there, fix it from that perspective? I don't think so, but maybe. Here comes a headline from today's News Talk, TNT. TNT Radio News. Get the news. The news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. U.S. government lawyers argued before Britain's high court that WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange should face espionage charges in the United States for actions that exceeded the scope of journalism. He must be busted out of Bill Marsh. He must be allowed to be reunited with his family. Because Julian Assange is the hero here. Not the villain. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Now, Kate, there are politicians and people like yourself looking to get into the politics in California in particular that we've spoken to who get it, who get what we're talking about. They understand the situation. Um, and then there's the people of these cities, like the people you live around in San Diego. Is there a chance that there'll be a just a rush of people that get it all of a sudden and start changing this? Or are we doomed uh, down the same path as, as many European cities have been? Um, no, I mean, when I'm out talking to voters, it's not like I know when I'm approaching somebody, which side of the aisle that they happen to be sitting on. And the sentiment here in San Diego and across the nation is the border and our safety is the number one topic. And it's uh, it's become a bipartisan issue, which is awesome because you're looking at cities like San Diego where everybody thought, oh, let's be compassionate and create all these, you know, sanctuary cities and all this. Well, that's all fun to say. It's not fun in practicality when it's crushing your infrastructure and they're taking up all your hospitals and your shelter space and it's costing you millions of dollars. You look at L.A., you look at uh, San Francisco, you look at a um like in New York, what's going on, they all thought it was fun and games to gaslight all of the Republicans until all these people ended up in their cities. So I really think that the people that are living in these cities are absolutely done. You've definitely seen a massive outreach from the African-American community stepping out against this migrant crisis because they feel like they're going to get prioritize even further than they already feel that they are and that they're going to take over their schools and any funding um, and going to make them poorer and poorer. And I couldn't agree with them more. So I think that the left is losing a lot of their core base to this stupidity. They're trying to, you know, take over the census. Well, what they don't realize is they're losing voters that they're that they're relying on in that 2030 census by doing this crap. It's it's pure insidious evil what is going on and people are tired of it. I, in blue cities and red cities alike. Yeah. And you know, you just said the word evil. 
We said that here the other day. This comes down to not Democrat versus Republican, not conservative versus liberal. This is good versus evil. And I'm convinced it is evil what they're doing. Uh, I, we had just had uh, we just had Dustin Olson on the program, and I'd made mention to him that I was watching earlier this morning a live city council meeting in Chicago, and guess what? The people that were standing up and, and they were raising teotal hell. I mean, they were <laughs> furious at what's going on in Chicago, and it was black and brown people standing yeah. up and saying, "This is insane. We want them out. We want them out now." We don't want them processed. We want them removed. Uh, This could be something that just really bites the Democrats in the ass. But you know what? I I just don't know that they care. I just, it it seems like they they just don't give a rip. They're like, we don't care. We're going to do it. We don't care that Trump didn't break any laws. We're going to destroy him. We're going to do whatever it takes to, 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 to garner more and more power and sit down and shut up. I mean, they're pushing us to the brink, don't you think, Kate? I mean, this is, we don't want to talk about Civil War Part Two, but this is the way some people are starting to think that this is pushing us towards, at the very least, huge civil uprisings throughout the throughout the nation if this continues. Well, I mean, just an example of that, you see all these truckers making a move toward not wanting to make their deliveries into New York City based on, you know, them, the way that they cited, you know, against Trump in New York City. I think that's just a small fraction of what you're going to see happen as a ripple effect throughout our nation. People are sick and, and tired of it. And eventually... See, they they thought that, oh, we can just keep pushing them and pushing them. People are so passive with the news cycle. They'll forget this BS. It it is at a tipping point now where people have absolutely had it. Enough is enough is enough. When you're seeing um, the core base of the Democrat Party coming out against them, that means all the light blue people are going to make a very easy shift when the very left blue people are starting to shift toward the center. There's not a lot of distance between the center to the right. And I think that it like a vacuum, we need to keep pulling them out and doing what you guys are doing and illuminating the truth to the American people. Yeah, well, you know, they've they've spent so long demonizing everybody who's not a progressive that now, after years of it, people that are center-right, center-left, libertarian, DGAF, and whatnot, are are over it they're like wait a minute you mean i was in that bucket of deplorables too and it's just getting worse so you know that's definitely it could be a zero-sum gain with regards to the census and the redistricting at this point um and and what about joe biden visiting california did he come to the border did he come address the border at all any any comments about that from the fundraiser in culver city the occupants. Oh yeah. If he did come here, I'm sure it wasn't to make his, you know, way out to the border. There's no ice cream stands out there as far as I could see when I was out there. Now, I don't think he's going to make his way out uh, to the border. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, one, it's a schlep out there. I took that drive. It took me almost three hours round trip and I live in San Diego to get there. Um, if the man didn't go visit, you know, New Palestine, he's not going to go visit the border here in San Diego. And what's he going to do about it? Leave it open as it is now, have it illuminated to him that it, that we don't have a secure border and still not give a single SHIT about it. I don't think anybody in San Diego is too interested in Joe Biden coming to visit the border. Yeah, well, they weren't too interested in seeing him in East Palestine either, now that you yeah. mention it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I, and and here's the thing. 
everybody's saying that, well, Joe Biden's probably not going to make it. They're probably going to pull a fast one at the convention. They're going to parachute in Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom made California a sanctuary city. So what's happening in California is all the direct fault of, right. of Gavin Newsom and, and his minions. So for them thinking that they're going to just kind of combat zone this guy into the, into the nomination, uh, it's going to, people are going to quickly r- remind everybody, Hey, guess what? What's happening in San Diego? Gavin did that. Gavin built that. Uh, it's, it's not it's, just it's, a border it's, problem here. It's a homeless drugs, lawlessness, crime problem yeah. in uh, all of California that nobody wants throughout the rest of the nation. But people are are very naive. And depending on what brand of news you're watching, you think, oh, he's a good looking guy. He's so charismatic. That's how Obama got into. Oh, look how charismatic he is. People vote with their feelings. People need to stop voting with their feelings. You need to grow up and realize we're better off when we're safe. We have a better economy. And all you got to do is get in a little time machine and go back a few years and realize under what administration we had those two things and vote accordingly. Like stop being so childish and voting with your emotions. That's the advice that I would give to the American public. It's time we grow up and do what's right for our nation and for our next generation. There you go. Yeah. Kate Monroe, you can follow Kate at uh, on X at Kate Monroe CEO. Of course, go to the website, kateforcongress.com. Kate Monroe, Thank you, as always, for being a hard ass out there. And thank you for joining us. And we look forward to having you on again. And I, hopefully one day we're going to say Congresswoman Kate Monroe. I cannot thank wait you. to hear that. Yes, let's get it done. <laughs> Neither can we. God bless you, Kate Monroe. Right. Thanks for joining us. Bye, guys. Us. Take right. care. You're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Candace Owens made an interesting comment earlier this week. She said that Taylor Swift reported that Lena Dunham taught her feminism. And apparently, according to Candace, this new wave of feminism teaches that you can get whatever you want as long as you portray yourself as a victim just because you're a woman. And Tay-Tay has done this repeatedly over the years and reaped over a billion dollars as her reward. But is this feminism? Isn't this the cliched damsel in distress, feminine wiles trope from which the Betty for Dan feminists were trying to liberate women? I think there's something to that. What do you think? For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk, TNT. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Well, Ed Butowski is a frequent visitor on the show. He's a founder of Chapwood Investments. He also wrote the book, Never Go Broke. And we decided to bring Ed on again today to discuss, well, just about wherever you want to go here, Ed. But I wanted to discuss right off the top. I mean, Chapwood Investments, you're a, you're a money guy. Uh, I saw Kevin O'Leary talking about this civil case against Trump where they basically are saying, come up with a uh, half a billion dollars by the end of the week, or we're going to take Trump tower from you. Uh, even, uh, even some Democrats or so, even the New York times kind of raised their eyes at this ruling. And now you've got Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful saying he's not going to do any business or any investing in New York city. Some other big time real estate, commercial real estate brokers, have come out and said, we're putting our pencils down. We're not going to underwrite anything in Manhattan, at least in the uh, in the near future. Um, wonder what kind of effect uh, this little, um, it's not so little, it's a lot of money, but this temper tantrum that Letitia James and New York uh, progressives have had towards Donald Trump, what will that, what will the ripple effect be as far as the business climate in uh, in Manhattan goes, do you think? Well, it's, yeah, it's a, it's great to be back on with you guys. Um, it's not just the the New York City; it's every blue state or blue city that or blue state that has an attorney general like Letitia James, um, who can just you know out of nowhere. And it's really two people here. You have Letitia James and a judge. That's all that's been involved here. And they made a decision that they were going to go after Trump. So two people who had a stick up there, you know what, against Trump, decided to go after them. And this is, you know, absolutely a horrible situation in the real estate market. And and I'm not that involved in real estate. Uh, but if I was, I would not be building anything and doing any business in New York City uh, or New York State. And that's where I'm from originally. Yeah, there's a bit of a chilling effect due to this. I mean, is there a is there a another example of something like this or is this like a completely novel thing that has just happened in our country yeah it's it's completely novel i mean this law um where there isn't a victim um and they say a victimless crime there wasn't even a crime committed cuz don't forget that on trump trump on every disclosure it said search for your own valuation do your own work so deutsche bank which was one of their prime lenders has a ton of people who are out there evaluating the you know what information Trump gave them and then were told to go out and check on their own and they did so there was no crime here there is no victim so when they say it's a victimless crime you have to you know assume that it's victimless but then you also have to assume that there's a crime and there was no crime here and then you have you know the judge who is saying that the valuation of Merrill Argo is 18 million I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous to know that land, which is adjacent to it, which is much, much smaller, you know, was going for, you know, 20, 30 million just for the land itself. And Trump's land is about 10, 15, 20 times larger with an incredible building on it. So, so you you ask, you know, has this ever happened before? No, it hasn't happened before because you've never had, you know, this animal called Trump out there. Yeah. Let me read you this piece that, uh, just a little segment of it. I'm not going to read the whole piece, but Jonathan Turley uh, wrote in, uh, I think it was the New York Post. He said, even the New York Times agreed that it could not find a single case in history, to your point, Escher, 
where this statute was used against an individual or a company that did not commit a criminal offense, go bankrupt, or leave financial victims. Engeron then combined that unprecedented application with the equally extraordinary penalty, which is greater than the gross national product of some countries. He disgorged hundreds of millions in a case where not one dollar was lost by anyone. Indeed, the victims wanted to get more business from Trump, and now they're being prevented from doing so by Engeron. So the victims, of course, that Hurley, uh, that Turley is referring to here are the banks. And all of the banks came out and said, no, we did our own appraisals of these properties and we gave him the loans and we and he paid them off. And not only did he pay them off, he paid them off in most cases early and we'd love to do business with them again. But that's not the way the New York media played it. That's not the way CNN and MSNBC played it. They said that Trump was lying in order to bilk banks out of uh, bad loan deals and stuff like It's just such BS. I mean, it really is. And what's happening, I, I have a, a partner in my business and, and she's a little bit more center than I am. I'm I'm very much right-leaning. But I said to her, she said, you know, just look at all everybody in this election. She says, what about Trump? He's such a mess. And I said, he's not really a mess. It's just the cases have been brought against him that makes people just kind of compile everything into one and say, oh, what a mess he is. But if you take each one individually, it's it's very much not a mess. You know, if you take each case separately, you know, they're all easy to explain away and none of them have any merit at all. Uh, yeah, and they all seem to be falling apart one at a time. Of course, we had, you know, the big payout to E.G. and Carol. Everybody knows that's ridiculous. This one, completely ridiculous. I mean, what what do you think? What do you think the Trump organization is going to do in response to this? Like, how? What would you recommend if he was your client? Well, if he was my client, I would tell him to get out of New York. I would tell him to sell every piece of real estate he has and just go. You know. Just take it and reinvest it with me. <laughs> um, but getting <laughs> aside, I mean, I, I would tell him to just pick up and and leave New York and sell everything and just get out of there. I mean, New York is not his friend. Um, New York is not his home anymore. And New York is never going to change uh, to be positive for him. Uh, and I'm sure he can get quite a bit of money for everything he has there. Um, and he can go out and, you know, re- deploy those assets someplace else. And you talk about Eugene Carroll. I mean, that one by itself, I mean, I have to be very careful here, but the idea that Trump molested or raped a woman in uh, Bergdorf Goodman's bathroom just sounds really absurd. I mean, like, like think about like the logistics of that. I mean, yeah. how in the world would, could that have happened? I mean, I, I've been in the Bergdorf Goodman's bathrooms. Um, they're, uh, I have to be very careful here, but they're very small. Yeah, and I know and, you got to be careful, but he didn't do it. She couldn't I even. Re- she could not only could she not remember the date, she couldn't remember the month, she couldn't even remember the year. She couldn't remember anything. So, so the court in New York says, "Yeah, but you know what? He defamed you. So, eighty-seven million for you." I mean, it's so patently obvious what they're doing to him. This is that they can't just outright assassinate him. So they decide we're going to financially assassinate him. We're going to destroy him financially because that's what we that that's what we can do. Uh, it, 
I don't know, man. There's a special place in hell uh, for people who cheer this stuff on. Because if they can do it to a former president, Ed, they can do it and will do it to anyone, right? They sure will. And I've had my fair share of uh, defamation coming at me, and it's not any fun at all. Yeah, and I bet you're not getting $87 million when it happens either. Boy, if I had $87 million every time I was defamed, we'd be doing something different right now probably. Well, she also <laughs> accused other people of doing stuff to her as well, but that never made it in. And, you know, Agaron, uh, the judge in um, the Letitia James case, he found him guilty before there, was, there wasn't even a trial. It was, you yeah. know, he was, he was the decider and just said, you're guilty. Now let's go to the uh, the penalty phase, basically. And and so, the thing is, the thing is, Ed, I, I got to think that on appeal, he's going to win this. But New York has a very, very strange way of doing things because in New York, by state law, he has to come up with basically the full rate. He's got to come up with damn near a half a billion dollars, and he has about a week to do it. Now, I know Trump's a billionaire, but you've worked with some big moneyed people. People can say they're billionaires, but it doesn't mean that they've got half a billion dollars just laying around in liquidity. So he's probably going to be forced to sell something just to get the money up before it goes to appeal. Right. And one of the sad things about this is that I just thought about was that in order to get people to loan him money versus the building, he's going to have to devalue the building to get a bigger, so people, let's say a building's worth 500 million and somebody wants to loan him a hundred million. So he might have to devalue that building down to 400 million to, to give him, you know, 20% of the building. Um, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot that's at stake here. And in terms of loaning the money against the building, you know, he's going to have to show, you know, cash flow that they're going to get off of the building. Uh, there's a lot of work that his lawyers and his financial people are having to do right now. Uh, but I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that are going to come in and loan him money against these great buildings. I mean, who would not loan money against Trump Towers or, you know, the building down on Wall Street? I mean, anybody in their right mind would do that. Now the question is, what interest rate is he going to have to pay them uh, to borrow the money? But he'll be able to come up with that money. Yeah. So if uh, if he does fight for it, what do you think that's going to look like in the longer run? You know, if if he pays up and he goes through the appeal process, you know, gets whatever money he needs to get. Like, do you, do you think it'd be worth it to him? Number one, I mean, obviously, if he was your client, you'd suggest he do otherwise. But do you think he will? And what might that look like? Well, if he was my client, I'd suggest that he sell everything, take whatever cash he can. And, and just get out of there, but continue to appeal because you shouldn't just allow some bad situation like this uh, to be held against you for as long as it's going to be. Um, just like uh, the e Eugene or the E. Carroll, uh, I can't remember her name, Eugene Carroll? Eugene Carroll. Um, you know, he's got to appeal that as well. But, you know, think about the appellate courts. I mean, they, these are not his friend either. And, you know, there's so much politicizing going on. You don't know, you know, if those courts are going to, you know, be on his side or not. If they follow the law, they sure should be. Um, but, you know, it, it's just this is really what's really scary. Going back to your first point is can this happen anywhere? It can absolutely happen anywhere at any time. Whoever they decide they want to go after, they can go after. 
And, you know, now in my business, we have disclosures that say, you know, past, uh, you know, past returns or no indication of future returns. Don't take this as, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he had disclosures on all of his forms saying, go and do your own, uh, you know, accounting and valuation on these buildings on your own. Don't rely on us. Well, what more can he possibly say? Exactly. I mean, exactly right. That's and and that's what they yeah I can almost see Letitia James uh in a hard hat and a yellow safety vest uh running a uh, uh you know tearing down the golden escalator. I'm sure that in her wildest fantasies that's what she's doing. Look around, get all the news crews here. I'm going to tear down the escalator that he came down. I mean it it is so it's beyond punitive Ed. It's hateful. It's hate. Yeah. This is th this is what hate looks like. This isn't somebody seeking justice. Erdogan, you go and you look at Engeron or whatever the hell his name is. You go look at his wife's Twitter feed. I mean, it, she's like a sophomore in high school, posting nothing but hate, but but Trump memes. It, it's ridiculous. It's so patently obvious. And the fact that the media doesn't call it out for it, uh, you know, a pox on them too. Because I mean, this is. They may cheer it on now, but they're not going to cheer it on later when we, you know, this is so, Hesher and I were talking about it. It's, it's like Hugo Chavez. Just, we're going to seize your property. Screw off. Uh, it it, it why, sickens Why me. so much hate towards him? What did he do to the state of New York? And what did he do to Letitia James to make him so disliked by her? I yeah. mean, so he was a profitable businessman. Um, you know, I, I don't really understand. And Engeron. Yeah, apparently he had an affair with somebody. Have you seen this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who in their right mind? <laughs> you about Sorry, choke God. me up there? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who in the world would have an affair with this guy? He fell out of the <laughs> ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's striking how much he looks like. Reverend Henry Kane from Poltergeist 2, uh, played by Julian Beck, I believe. Um, I think they they found him. They found the real Reverend Kane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really scary time. And remember, two people did this. And then the press, that's the other problem. The press just goes yeah. with it. And, you know, I, I sadly have had to watch uh, – uh, Lester Holt recently at home, uh, NBC, my wife had him on and they start off with, you know, President Trump, you know, is fined $355 million for doing blah, blah, blah. Well, he didn't do blah, blah, blah. And, but, yeah. but that's the lead story. So then everyone walks away going, oh, look what he did. He didn't do anything wrong. He should yeah. sue for defamation. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're defaming him all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they have been for six plus years now. It's really, it's really ugly to watch. Ed, let me just ask you this. We don't have much time left, but we've been joking around about this because I mean, if you know, you, you don't laugh, you'll cry, but what effect do you suspect this really will have on some of these blue cities? You kind of touched on this at the top here, but do you think this really, are we going to see a blowback from this? In, in terms of real, real estate prices and people building, I don't believe so. I think where money, money will go where it's rewarded, not where it's feared. 
And yeah. and I think that money is going to go to where it's rewarded. So, you know, look at some of these cities like Cleveland. I'm sure Cleveland and Chicago is going to continue to, you know, have yeah. buildings go up. And I, I just think it's going to go to where it's rewarded, not where it's feared. Ed Bertowski, thank you for joining us as always today. We appreciate it. Uh, get the book, Never Go Broke, and uh, Never Go Broke. Ed Bertowski, God bless, sir. Thank you. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, guys. That's going to... That's going to do it for Hesher and I in State of the Nation. We'll see you once again tomorrow. The Misty Winston Show is coming up next on TNT, today's news talk. Goodbye.